Hey everyone, welcome back to the Brave Parenting Podcast. Kelly here, and today I'm going solo and I am going to talk about content control. Now, it's kind of that idea that everything on the internet is not valuable and that the content consumed online really does impact a person's character, virtue, beliefs, behavior, citizenship, all of that. But I know that once I say the word control after the word content, then everybody, including kids, starts to get anxious and claiming this is an overprotective and unhealthy method of parenting. Well, guess what? Some things in our world really needs control and order. That's why we have concerts with crowd control, and the FDA has quality control, and businesses have budgetary controls. Our homes need order and control, and yes, our media content and screen time also needs order and control. And not only that, as you'll see as I go through, I'm not advocating for content control for kids only, but for all of us. I'm not singling out anyone. This is really, truly for everyone. So here's kind of what I'm talking about. Today, we have streaming TV, like Netflix and HBO Max, Amazon Prime, all of those, showing mature content that would have been considered pornographic 20 years ago. We have social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Reddit, right? All of them. And so many of them that are run by these computer algorithms that are choosing what type and whose content is shown to you. So whether that be fake news, conspiracy theories, or boastful oversharing of everyone's lives. And then we have video games of which the consoles themselves can act as portals to the internet and social media and such. And then the games which connect players across the globe, lures them into buying cosmetic nonsense, and takes them into realities much more enjoyable than real life. And really, this isn't even mentioning music and books and basic television, movies, right? All of this. Controlling this content can actually seem impossible sometimes. I get that. And controlling access to devices is really frustrating for parents. And then, of course, you have to deal with the backlash from your kids and all of this, and all of it just becomes this big, big challenge. And it's actually really hard to parent this way. I absolutely understand. It is hard to delay the use of tablets and smartphones, to limit violent video games, or to restrict social media accounts. It's much easier as a parent to look the other way, pray for the best, or even to say, hey, you know what? This certain content is not allowed. But then to never follow up to ensure that that content isn't being consumed, right? So this is the easiest way. I know it, but this does not benefit your child. If anything, right, we know this, it does more harm to set a standard and never uphold it than to not even set that standard at all in the first place. But as Christians, we have to remember, we are not guaranteed easy parenting. Parenting, like the gospel itself, is a call to die to ourselves. It means suffering, dealing with kids that are whining and complaining and crying because truly your kids are my kids, all of our kids. They want to look like the world and they want to live like the world. But since you are upholding the truth of scripture that we find in 1 John 2.15, right? Do not love the world or anything in the world. You are facing the hardship that comes with parenting in this day and age. This is exactly what Jesus warns us of throughout the gospels. He literally says in John 16.33, In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So these struggles and these quarrels with our children over screen and social media, they're really actually, I think, far more spiritual than we can ever imagine. 
it's really their sinful desires to sort of get what they want at any cost. So this is where our faith and Christ's strength must take over. However, this is not the common or popular message heard in mainstream. So I have an example here of the worldly advice offered by experts. So in the New York Times, they have an on-tech article that is published, sort of a separate category of their normal news. And this one was published on July 26, 2021, and it's titled The Messy Truth About Kids' Screen Time. In this article, Dr. Colleen Russo-Johnson, who's described as a child development expert and mom, is quoted to say this, quote, there are few absolutes about what children should or shouldn't do with media and technology. Dr. Russo Johnson says that there shouldn't be any rules around screen time. Instead, parents should ask, how does this particular device or screen or technology or feature enhance or detract from the experience? She goes on to say, that's not to say that more passive activities like watching a video are all bad. She said, when it's possible, it can be great for parents to engage with their children as they use an app, read a book, or watch something on the screen. But not always. Alone time is good for kids too. And she says, again, no rules. No rules, she says. If you pay no attention to what your children do online, and I'm still quoting her, they could find some bad corners of the internet. But Dr. Russo Johnson said that parents shouldn't overly worry if children break out of a carefully manicured digital world. Now, this Dr. Russo Johnson is part of the OK Play company, which publishes kids' gaming apps. So we can see that she definitely has some financial interest in children's screen time. But even more than that, we have to recognize that this is a secular worldview a cultural worldview. You could even say a capitalist worldview, right? She's got a product to sell and she's trying to sell it. When we read that Dr. Russo Johnson is a child development expert, we immediately want to take what she says as gospel truth. But okay, can we just establish one fact right off the bat here? God is the best and only child development expert ever. He is our creator, and there is no one more infinitely wise and with more experience than our Heavenly Father. We know that Psalm 139 says, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Based on this foundation, that truly God knows us much better than anyone born into this world who's educated themselves in any sort of public education system, right? God knows us better. He knows what is best for us. Based on this foundation, we know the wisdom provided in Holy Scripture is not only specifically prescribed for us as Christ followers, but it is far superior any wisdom provided through worldly knowledge. Okay, so here's what we know. Okay, we all love consuming media. That be music, movies, games, whatever it is. We love it. Second, what we know is that we are called as Christ followers out of the world. And we are called to not love the things of this world, which can thus include online media content. And thirdly, we know what the world is telling us. Not to worry about screen time. Let the kids explore the internet without rules. Well, they say this one moment, and then the next moment, they're reporting on the massive risk of child trafficking through online 
sites and video games. <laughs> so if you've ever felt torn on what, to, what you believe to be right and healthy for your child based on the information you read and then what you see is bad for your child, like if you're totally confused and you have no idea where to go, you are not alone. But I can solve this mystery for us right now. We obey scripture. We trust God's word when he says that we shouldn't have anything to do with the evil things or any of the things of this world. Even though scripture does not read specifically, thou shalt not watch TV mature Netflix shows or thou shalt abstain from all Twitter feeds. It doesn't say that, but it does say a lot about what we are to set our eyes upon, how we are to spend our time, and what we allow to captivate and fill our hearts and minds. And that's really where I want to land today is how the content we consume online affects the heart and mind and why, therefore, and the how, we must exert control over this content. So back in our New York Times article, Dr. Russo Johnson said, no big deal what they consume. Just ask yourself how that certain piece of content enhances or detracts from the whole experience. So that means we're allowing our kids to view whatever, and then we're asking, oh, was that good or was that bad? And I'm just kind of wondering, like, what experience? The experience of what? Perusing the internet? Discovering online porn? Being bullied through a video game? Right? That's crazy to allow it happen and then think about what to do about it. We need to set the standard first, right? So let's look at Philippians 4.8. This is what Paul says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is one of my favorite verses. So let's unpack about what we, quote, think about, right? Where do our thoughts come from? Well, in Matthew 9, 4, it says, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? So what's interesting here is, of course, yes, Jesus knows our thoughts. But secondly, is that these, these Pharisees, is who he's talking to, are entertaining evil thoughts in their hearts, not necessarily in their mind, where we might assume our thoughts sort of live and come from. But also in Matthew 15, 9 and in Mark 7, 21, it says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Wow, right? So all of these terrible and sinful manifestations of evil thoughts are all coming from the heart. So hence we can understand why Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Okay, so we know Philippians is saying, hey, these are the things that you should be thinking about. If it's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, right? These are the things that your heart should be thinking about. So what we consume online, yes, has a direct influence on our thoughts, which is, of course, coming from our heart. It's the basic principle of garbage in and garbage out. If we consume content that is unholy, impure, unloving, vile, that has coarse humor, or frankly, that is just plain nonsense, our thoughts will follow. And I think we see this all the time with kids and YouTube and even really adults with television or social media. You easily obsess over what you've watched. 
You talk about it and you think about it nonstop, especially the more you're consuming. That content enters through our eyes, is processed by our minds, and then it resonates in our heart, which then meditates on it, right? So personally, I can say, I confess, I experienced this last summer after I watched the musical Hamilton on Disney Plus several times in probably like maybe a one to two week span. And after I consumed that content, it consumed me. I could not get the songs out of my head, nor did I stop thinking about the characters and the storyline. You know, my mind processed it, but my heart meditated on it and all my thoughts reflected it. So it's not hard to imagine what happens when the content we or our children consume is unhealthy, impure, extreme, or graphic, violent, whatever it is, right? And it's not just catchy musicals loosely based on American history, right? This isn't what we want our hearts meditating on and producing thoughts of. This is why Paul gives us very clear directives. Hey, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, think about these such things. So we need to apply this habit-changing truth to our lives and teach our children likewise. They need to really memorize Philippians 4.8. They need to know these words. What should my thoughts be? They should be true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Now, will we find content that fits all of these categories? Uh, Yeah, probably not, right? But I don't think it's about being legalistic in that regard. Not at all. It's about cutting out that content that you're probably already thinking doesn't fit these classifications. Something that you might have that you're streaming that you're like, yeah, actually, I don't think that that's very praiseworthy. So whether it be for you or for your kids, chances are you know what that thing already is. So if we're not teaching our children this concept of think of such things, I just want to be clear, if we're not teaching that and we're not doing any content control or limiting the content, then we can be contributing to their dark thoughts, anxious thoughts, depressive thoughts. And truly, in the end, the wandering of their hearts away from Jesus and the holiness that we're called to. So here's another quick example um, from my family. During the pandemic, um, really, I guess, towards the end of it, a few of my younger teens wanted to watch the old season of Friends. They had seen the DVDs available at our local library and asked for it. And while my gut kind of said no, I really couldn't remember enough about this show to provide a solid enough defense because I confess, I actually have never watched Friends. I remember sorority sisters gathering during college to watch it every week. But since I was in pharmacy school, I just never justified um, that as quality time spent. So my kids convinced me. And as they started watching these episodes and I co-viewed or at least I was co-listening, maybe I was in the kitchen or something, I was quite appalled at the glorification of sex and hookup culture. I guess I just really thought it was about friends, (laughs) not necessarily so much of the hookup. So I began having conversations with these kids about what they were viewing and what, how they were making it to seem normal and not harmful and reminding them, of course, how fully against God's word the actions of hookup culture is. And of course they acknowledge, yes, mom, we know this. But after another season, I the content was just getting worse and I could not allow that content to fill their heads any longer. So I packed up the DVDs and I returned them to the library and gave them the spoiler of how it all ends. 
Now, were they frustrated and annoyed with me? 100%. Absolutely. (laughs) But what I know is that at some point in their life, they will have to be on their own discerning what is pure and impure, what is right and wrong type of content that they're going to consume. And I want them to know that it is absolutely okay and possible to stop a show or season midway through because the Holy Spirit is warning of the ungodliness of it. They need to know that it's actually not okay. In fact, it's really hypocritical, even heretical to say, hey, I love and obey the Lord. You know, I follow Jesus, but don't actually do what he says. No, this is hard truth to swallow. We all want to ignore the elephant in the room that is actually obeying the hard commands from the word of God, especially when it talks about not loving the things of this world, which I believe so much of this world is the entertainment and media content that we are consuming. But obeying God's word and rejecting culture, right? Rejecting the unholy content that aims to neutralize our values and deceive us to believe that God's word is antiquated, right? When we do this, this is the narrow road that few are finding, like the narrow gate that Jesus talks about in Matthew 6. This is the exact opposite of what the rest of the world is doing and teaching regarding media content. The world teaches the only guarding of your heart that is needed is to sort of cancel or block out the haters or those with bad vibes, right? That guarding your heart just means loving yourself more. Not so in scripture. It says above all else, guard your heart. Otherwise, that wellspring that sustains your life becomes tainted with all the garbage taking in. So what does guarding our hearts and thus our thoughts look like? What does it look like to control content? So I know this is going to be different for every single family and in each individual, but I've got a list of six steps on how you can accomplish this content control. So let's go through them. Number one, list. List. Make a list of all of the sort of portals of the internet that you have making entry into your home, whether that be television, computers, smartphones, iPads, and don't forget about the things that you might not think of, the Kindles, video game consoles, all that. Make a list of everywhere that you are getting media content from or internet content from. Number two, delete. Looking at each individual device. Take a look at what you have on there. So if it's your smartphone or your television, do you have shows or movies or games that are downloaded or even purchased that really won't encourage true, noble, and pure thoughts? Delete them. I know, I know. It's okay if you spent money on them. I get it. You feel like you should keep it because you spent the money on it, but delete it. Still the same, delete it. Number three, restrict. Look into each and every device at what specifically it gives access to. Now, this can be a process, right? I know it might take a little bit. And so just start with one device. Don't get too overwhelmed. Let's just say you start with a television. This one can be fairly easy. What streaming services do you have? Do you have Netflix, Prime, Hulu, whatever you have, go in there and set up profiles that restrict the content for kids and even one for adults. Because let's be real, none of us as Christians should be finding entertainment in most of the TV mature rated content online. So set up these profiles so that your kids can watch appropriate television but not have access to maybe R-rated or even PG-13 rated if they're younger 
content. You type in your password, then you have access to it. And if you need to know how to do this, you can go to braveparenting.net. We've got some tutorials on that. Do you have a cable package cooked up to your TV? I think the real question might be, do you still need a cable package, right? Is that just a waste of money? Do um, do you have a smart TV that has parental controls built into it on its own? Um, Can you turn off the internet on that smart TV? There are a lot of things you can actually do. And I could really record a whole podcast on just TVs alone, right? But go through each device and find out what content could be accessible on there for your kids that are not going to produce good, healthy, holy thoughts. So when you have this set up, then move on to the next set of devices, whether that be smartphones or iPads, the video game consoles, okay? So first we're making a list, then we're going through and we're deleting content that we already know is bad. Third, we're gonna restrict access for different age groups as well as just clearly restricting access to anything that we know is bad for everyone in the home. And number four is purge. So we kind of delete it, but this is kind of a little bit different take. So when you've gone through all of your devices, then go through actual physical things that you might still have from years ago, maybe old DVDs, video games, music, books, magazines, anything that might not be appropriate for your kids. I know for my husband and I, we had a lot of R-rated DVDs left over from our days that were both maybe kind of before Christ and before kids. (laughs) that we hadn't even thought of until our kids found them and asked about them. And we're like, oh man, that's not really good. Why do we still have that, right? Purge all of those type of items. Get them out of your home. It's out of sight, out of mind. Get it out of there. Don't look back. Number five is limit. So your next piece of work on content control is to limit the amount of time spent consuming, even if it's quality programming or educational videos. Too much time consuming can be bad. Try to turn the time that is spent consuming into time spent producing. So for example, if you're going to watch YouTube, let it teach you something that you can immediately apply and put to work, whether that's a recipe or learning to play an instrument or building a Lego creation or making a craft. There is a lot to learn on YouTube, not just sit there and be entertained. Even moms and dads, you can have your kids learn to program and be write their own video games. This can be a great way for kids who are gamers to turn their hobby that you may not love into a craft or a skill set. And when we're talking about limiting, so it's time limits, of course, that may also mean that a way of limiting is breaking some of the unconscious habits that you or your kids may have. Do you need to take all of the TV remotes away during the week and maybe only set them out on the weekends or only set them out on Saturdays or something like that, right? Whatever you need to do, you need to reshift your habits by limiting the access and limiting how much time is spent straight up consuming. And number six is own it. And I think while all these are important, this is really what seals the deal for you and your family. Own it. So as you go through this process, talk to your kids about your own conviction to reduce the amount of unhealthy and unholy content in your life. You can't be a hypocrite and say, I'm an adult, so I can watch or read or consume whatever I want, but you can't. Well, yes, that may be true, but as Christ followers, there's really just one standard and that's God's standard, right? It doesn't matter how old you are. And so this is kind of a really terrible example. So 
you know, in Philippians 4, 8, Paul says, here's what to think about, right? Whatever is true, pure, noble, right? Right. We have all that. Right after this, in Philippians 4, 9, he says, whatever you learned or received or heard or even seen in me, put it into practice. So he's telling these people who he's discipling, who he's shepherding, he's saying, these are the things to think about. And whatever you've learned or received or seen me do, right? Put that into practice. So my question to you is, can you say that to your kids regarding your own media consumption? Can you say, hey, kids, whatever you've seen me do, do yourself. Whatever you've heard me say and you've learned from my behavior, put this into practice. Can you say this to your kids and be happy with the results, right? If you can't, this is your new goal. When you can get to the point where you've humbled yourself and you've corrected your own errors into the content that is, uh, that is impure that you're allowing in, until you can get to that point where you can truly say, hey, I want you to mimic me and follow after my habits and my behaviors and my sort of content that I'm allowing in, then this is your goal. Always, always, always start with your own improvement humbly admit to your kids that maybe you didn't set a great example, but you are trying to do better and now it's time to work on them. So here we are. Here's our list of six things just to re-go over them one more time. The first thing that we are going to do is list. We're going to make a list of our devices. We're going to delete the content that we already know is bad. Third, we're going to restrict, set up profiles and accounts to restrict certain internet access. Um, You can also purge. That's number four. Go through anything that might be old DVDs, games, get rid of that. Limit the amount of time. Limit the access to this content. Number six is own it. We are going to take care of ourselves first and then move on to our kids. And in case you forgot, why? Wait, why are we doing all this? Because the world and our culture and these child development experts are telling you that your children don't need rules or restrictions. That kids just need to explore and investigate online and discover and develop their own thoughts about this and and have their own truth to live by. Please hear me when I say this is not what scripture says. We are to think about that which is true, objectively true, not just what we subjectively make our own truth, which is what's happening a lot today, right? And our truth is God's word. We are to think about what is noble, right, and pure anything that is lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. So just a reminder, Grand Theft Auto is not noble. Twitter is not right. Game of Thrones is not pure. Pornhub is not lovely. Influencers are not praiseworthy. We should not be thinking about such things. These websites, games, and platforms should not be our entire purpose and existence. And I know what I'm saying is not popular parenting advice today. And you may even feel offended. But I can honestly say, and I think that you'll agree, that what we're doing is not working. It may be what our kids want, but it is not what they need. It is not making them better Christ followers, or even citizens for that matter. Since the advent of social media and the massive increase of teens and tweens with smartphones, we have seen an overall decline in mental and emotional health and an increase in godlessness, worldliness, and immorality. In the beginning, 
we didn't know. We didn't know what this was all going to do. We had no idea how bad it was. But now we do. Now we know enough to control the content our kids are consuming online. You know, while the whole internet and I'd say like the whole woke world at large tries to cancel the Bible, we need to stand up and reclaim God's commands for how to live, how to raise children, how to pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus. This starts with guarding our hearts and controlling our thoughts by moderating the content we consume. We can absolutely use screen media for entertainment and education, but all within the context and boundaries of God's word. As we say, it's not that we hate technology and media. We just love Jesus more. So I leave you today and I hope that that is encouraging to you. I hope you feel empowered to take this message on content control and pray about it and think about it. Think about what is true, pure, noble, right, lovely, admirable, right? Think about those things in your life and then really pray about what it is that you can do to control the content for yourself and for your kids. What needs to go? What can stay? So thank you so much for listening today. I will be including the scripture references in the notes so that you can kind of get in the word of God yourself and apply this truth. I'll also be including a PDF that lists the six steps towards content control so that you can also use that as a reference. As always, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. You can email podcast at braveparenting.net or reach out to us on Facebook at Brave Parenting Network. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, go and be brave.